were bad, but now they're okay. Only me or my, you're the apple of my eye, girl. I never loved one like you. Found you hiding here, so won't you take my hand, darling? There's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular, Lar. I am your host, Base Orphan 18, and today we have kind of a unique podcast for you. I'm going to kind of sit this one out and take a back seat, and we have um, Not That Bee, Bethany, we have Kurt McKinnon and Wowbright here to talk to you, or talk to the, each other, about Glee and LGBT issues. So I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to Bethany, and you guys have fun. Okay, guys, so um, this is my first time hosting, so I have no idea what I'm doing. I hope we all have a good time. Okay. (laughs) So, um, you know, we have talked on Tumblr and other um, platforms about, kind of at length, about, like, how we handled um, LGBTQ plus issues how, where they went wrong, what they did right. And um, so we kind of thought maybe we would just sit down and have a real conversation about it. Okay. So um, what are you guys, you know, what are you, what are your thoughts? What are your. The first thing on the list to hear that, um, that Pam made up earlier was the, um, the differences between men and the, the way we treat men and women. Mm-hmm. Example, Klain versus um, Britanna, which right. the way all those issues. So before we get into that, uh, I guess I'd be interested in just like knowing everybody's kind of general approach, oh, like yeah. personally when they, when they first started watching Glee and kind of their general impression or maybe throughout the, throughout the show in a, in a more general way. Right. 
Of course. Well, um, well, why don't you go ahead and go first? So, okay. yeah. <laughs> so I'm old. I'm not Put sure. you on the spot. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, I was like 35. I think when the show started, it was two thousand. Did it start in 2009? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I like for me, it wasn't that the show was like revolutionary or anything, but it was definitely different from what I had seen on, um, you know primetime television network ever and um and uh i thought was awesome you know i'm like oh look you're square people oh isn't that exciting (laughs) only the one guy but i really like him and then there were like two and then there were three and then there you know so um (laughs) that was my original approach and i think when i got to fandom i was kind of like shocked by how angry a lot of people were about queer representation on this show uh you know mm-hmm. as time has passed and like society has changed i i understand some of those concerns more but i guess that being i but i just feel like i need to say i'm from gen x and so like to, for this this was like way ahead of right when i grew up and and most things i had seen especially because it was like dealing with kids or you know younger people it wasn't and it wasn't dramatic you know it wasn't mm-hmm. That my longtime companion, you know, when I was a teenager, everybody was like, it had to be about AIDS or it had to be something, you know, or if it was lesbians, it was like somebody was married and they had to decide, you know, whatever. And I'm like, oh, it's just like people growing up and doing their thing. Right. Uh, Good. Yeah. It was really like a welcome, a breath of fresh air. Kelly, okay. what about you? Okay. Um, yeah. So my, well, I was about, yeah, I was about 30 or 31 when it started. Um, and I had, well, I originally was into it for the music and then I loved Kurt, of course, um, as for the, the female, as for the representation, um, like I, I didn't really, I noticed Brittany and Santana, but I didn't really, I've never been like a huge shipper of them. Like I'm, for some reason, like, even though I'm a woman that dates other women, I'm never like, I'm not really into the female ships as much. So it, that didn't really occur to me, but as, as a whole, um, I'm, it is definitely much better than anything that we grew up with in the eighties or nineties. It was like, like in the past, it was always like, I remember the early nineties of, you know, sweeps week, there would be, you know, the lesbian kiss episode. And it was usually like two straight women kissing and it was a big deal in the media. And now like, it's, it's not a big deal for two women to kiss. So I've definitely noticed a progression of representation over time. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. I was in 2009. I'm trying to do the math. I was about 26, 25, 26. Um, uh, and I was really positive at the time. Like I knew that I was gay, um, but I didn't know. I grew up really religious. And so I didn't know how to like really express it other than in secret. So like I... I wouldn't say that Glee helped me come out by any means, because I think that's a journey that I had to take on my own. But it did, in a lot of ways, really kind of like, because like, as you both were saying, before that, any kind of queer representation was very dramatic. Either it was um, AIDS, or this guy got beat up, or he got kicked out of his house because he's gay, or the actor, I mean, I remember the actor from Dawson's Creek was like, 
very against it when he had to do the the kiss um, um, uh, same sex kiss on Dawson's Creek. So it was like very it was always clouded with all this drama. And I feel like Glee was one of the first times, not the first time, but one of the first times where it could just exist. And it it was a plot line, but it wasn't like somebody's being hurt or it was just part of Kurt's plot line. And then as the show went on, more and more people were added and it and you know they didn't they didn't always handle it right but you know that's okay like it's okay that they didn't always handle it right because at least they were trying and i feel like that kind of gets lost sometimes yes definitely so um i keep forgetting that i'm supposed to be hosting <laughs> let me put on my host hat um um okay so the first point we wanted to kind of hit, um, as um, as we said earlier, uh, was how Glee represents and handles gay characters and the difference between gay men and gay women. Um, do you guys have any thoughts about that? Oh, well, I have a bunch of notes here, and I'm not even like I said, I'm not even a huge shipper of the female ships on the show, yeah, but I am not just, either. But it's just something I personally that applies to my personal life, so I feel so I do have a personal interest in it. Right. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, with with like Britannia, it's it's interesting. It started out as a joke almost. They and yeah. there was an interview with Naya. She's she's always taken the the relationship very seriously mm-hmm. and how that's represented. And so I applaud her for that as an actress. Um, she's because she even said I couldn't find the source for it, but she said that it's not a joke to a lot of people, and that you know, she wanted she was she agreed with the fans that wanted to make to take it seriously. And, and I'm not a fan of, and I'm not saying to encourage the, some fans are very entitled when their ships are not canon. Um, yes. I don't think, but I think that um, they had a point with this one. If they were going to make jokes about them making out and kissing, then you know, make it a, you know, make it a relationship. Right. To an extent, I just really wish that they had been able to let let Santana be bisexual. I think that that was a missed opportunity. Um, and that's kind of another point that I wanted to make. Um, because, you know, anyway, but I definitely agree with you. You know, I, I, as a woman who also dates women, I don't ship Rotana at all, but I also really liked seeing them on represented in a, in the show. Right. Yes. Yeah, so when we were younger, it might've helped us. Right. Especially ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah. if I were younger, I might have shipped them. You know what I mean? I think maybe it was because of my age that I, you know, that I didn't. But that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do think they, I think they started, I think they started Santana. I think they wrote her originally as being into men and women as, and being, I, I think they wrote her originally as being like into women, almost like in a, like the way straight men picture it, like it's like a fetish yes. to be with mm-hmm. Um, like she likes men, but she's with women as a fetish. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I think it's good that she, they. I don't know. They don't really have any other lesbian characters on the show. That's true. Even though she's not the only. I mean, though it would have been nice if they would have said you know, Britney's bisexual. But that's a whole other. We could. That's a right. whole. <laughs> that's a whole other. That's a whole other. Getting into that later. Right. Um, well, actually, if you guys wanted to go ahead and get into that a little bit. Um, just with the bisexuality, um, I have talked extensively on other podcasts, so I think I'm going to let you guys talk a little bit about this. 
when you talk to says we on other podcasts about this about my what you're saying yeah mm-hmm. yeah but this is what the topic of the show is so i think <laughs> yeah. we can still do that and not everybody listens to every episode that's so you can true just give us our cliff notes so um i really wish you know i remember because i was struggling with my sexuality at the time of blame it on the alcohol that when that episode came out, I was very angry. I was like, I, you know, it's always, it's always a joke. It always has to be a joke or it's like, you know, the step, this quote unquote stepping stone for, for gay people. And it's not, there are actual people who are bisexual. And I think that if the show came out now, they probably wouldn't have made that joke. And I do think that it's, it's a sign of where, you know, where we were in 2000, what, 10, 11. Um, so can I, so you're talking about, you're talking about and blame it on the alcohol after Blaine kisses Rachel when he's drunk and then, and then Kurt reads him out at the coffee shop about correct for gay men who want to pretend they're straight or something like that. Right. That's I think where it. That, that what he said. Yes, basically, yeah. and he says, um, you know, bisexuality is just an excuse for gay men to hold hands with a girl, and be oh. quote unquote normal. Yeah, and you know, and the, but the problem is, is that they they didn't really stop there. They also made right. other references to bisexuality being the stepping stone, and then they would never let Brittany say the actual word. She would always say they're bi curious or by whatever, and so it was like it was like this tab. They created this taboo subject when I don't think that that's fair. Right, and there's um, I also wanted to point out with the. That those that those lines were written by they were written by, I think this is where the writer's responsibility comes in because both mm-hmm. in Blame It on the Alcohol and Tina in the Sky, which is where Santana makes that comment to Danny, mm-hmm. her, which is not how it happened at all. But um, those were written by Ann Brennan, who is uh-huh. either, Ann is either a straight man or a self-loathing bisexual. Um, uh-huh. he's, he has a wife, um, so he's de- he's not a gay man. He's definitely he. I think he does have some responsibility and I'm not, I'm not saying that the writers are should, that fans should act entitled, but you know, if fans are, you know, if they're rightfully hurt by something that you put on, that you put out there in your work, then I think that the writers have a responsibility to, 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 to own that and to Correct. apologize. Um, or, or address it in later right. issues or, you know what I mean? Like it's, right. it's not necessarily something that he needs to, be like you know make a formal apology about but he does need to i think that he had a responsibility to address it i agree yeah and i don't blame yeah. the characters for those things either i that's the, mm-hmm. i mean i blame the person you know the the teenage characters as i mean a lot of teenagers say something that's dumb which i mean who, who hasn't said something stupid as a teenager correct i blame <laughs> grown adults that i said something stupid yesterday actually i said a little bunch of stupid things this morning so oh yeah yeah so I don't blame the characters for those lines as much as I blame the the grown adult writers that wrote them. Right. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. And so for me, this is, this is interesting. Cause like, so I've always like, I, well, you know, identify as bisexual, even though the kids these days tell me that that's not accurate. Cause I guess the definition of bisexual keeps changing. And so apparently I'm pansexual or I don't know what the hell I am anyway. Um, so 
kids write in and let me know. Um, <laughs> so, so when that happened, I don't remember being offended by it. Really? Uh, and, and blame it on the alcohol. I remember being pissed off at Kurt. Mm-hmm. Huh. This is Kurt. Kurt mm-hmm. is being a total fucking, excuse me, total, <laughs> total jerk. And he's like really defensive and he's really scared. And this is the way he chooses to lash out, you know, and he's frustrated because he probably wants to think, and this is maybe me going back into my, um, you know, teenage years probably wants to think that some of his straight, the straight guys that he's had crushes on are bisexual or, you know, somehow repressing themselves, you know, and he just has a lot of confused feelings. He doesn't understand, uh, you know, I think, um, Blaine is a more physically affectionate person than him. And so Blaine mm-hmm. is like, even yeah. if he's like six on the Kinsey or whatever the scale is, even if he's like 100% gay on the Kinsey scale, he's going to be a lot more likely to get into situations where he's physically affectionate with women. Mm-hmm. Like then Kurt is. And I think Kurt cannot understand that. Yeah. Um, and so, Oh, yeah, no, and so I just think he's like, I don't understand it. You seem super gay to me. What the hell are you doing? And, you know, I don't know. So to me, it seemed like, really, it's Kurt. I did feel like I wanted it to be addressed in the episode somehow because in the next episode, they're like, was it the next episode or like two episodes? I don't know, a couple episodes later, they're in love and happy. Right. Uh, and I was like, when did they ever? So, of course, I mean, I I, I address this all through fanfic, and so I think that's how I deal with a lot of my issues. Right. I don't yeah. get mad at the show. I just like write fanfic about it, and then oh right. well, it's solved. They did. They had that discussion. Oh wait, they didn't have that discussion in the show. <laughs> Isn't it so funny? Because uh, I do the same thing. I'll like re- get annoyed by something in the show, and then I'll read a really good fanfic. And I'm like, okay, well then that fixed it. What well, didn't yeah. you just read that fanfic? <laughs> well, that's what it's for. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I do agree with you, but um, I'm uh, Kelly. I'm gonna go ahead and let you. You were gonna say something. Oh, um. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, I do agree with you to an extent. I do think that um, Kurt was, they were using Kurt as a mouthpiece and Kurt was saying like he was lashing out in anger because, you know, he's had, he's had to convince himself that there are very, you know, firm line. Like he can't, he he can't go over this way or that way because of the way that he is, if that makes sense. So then when Blaine comes in and he is threatening to blur those lines, for lack of a better word, he gets very defensive about it because he's like, well, I think they, they should be, they should be, you know, hard lines. Yeah. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. I think Kurt may have been projecting a little too, but I mean, I think, mm-hmm. I know I did this as a teenager um, saying, well, I mean, I mean, like almost everybody dates someone of a different gender, the, the gender they're mm-hmm. supposed to date as a teenager. Um, so including Kurt, he made out with Brittany. Um, so maybe he was thinking, well, you know, I made out with Brittany that one time, but, you know, I'm still. But, so but maybe, see, he likes to pretend like that didn't even happen. Yeah. And I bet Blaine, my headcanon is Blaine teases him about that all the time. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I could see that. I mean. You know, well, and also Kurt needs Blaine to be gay because he's afraid that if Blaine is bisexual, he'll go date a woman and not correct. 
Yes. And Rachel. If that woman, yeah, that woman being Rachel, I'm sure added to it. <laughs> and I know it did. Like, you know that poor boy. Yeah. Rachel takes everything, which I don't necessarily And, that's, and I, I mean, I do think that that's like, uh, no, I mean, just saying that I don't think I can say that and not explain. I mean, like, I think that 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 is showing like where Kurt is coming from and where a lot of biphobia or what, you know, a lot of how it gets manifest. It's like, well, if you're bi, then of course you're going to date. You're, you're going to be with a member of the opposite sex because it's easier or it's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so even if you have been flirting with me this whole time or whatever, I, I'm not going to have any chance with you because mm-hmm. you're going to make out with Rachel, even though she's really annoying. Right. Uh, and so, there was, and so there's, yeah, that's, I think played a huge role in it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and fear. And, you know, Kurt, when he gets back into a corner, he gets scared. He lashes out. That's just his MO. Yeah. And I, I can really, I mean, and I, I, I mean, I'll confess that in the past in and in, in the past, I was quite as a baby gay, I was, I could be a little, a little biphobic myself. I, I didn't understand it. I was like hurt. I was lashing. I didn't understand. I was in, I was very insecure. I didn't under, I was taking my insecurities out on other people. And I, I have since realized that that was wrong and I have grown as a person. Right. But as a very young person, it's easy to, it was easy to, you know, lash out and be insecure like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I could understand where Kurt was coming from, even if that wasn't that doesn't make it right. But I could under, I'm just saying that I could right. understand where that could, was coming from. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of the show's responsibility, I do think that, yeah, I mean, everything is so um, abbreviated in Glee, mm-hmm. but they still could have had like a five second scene or something where my bad. That was right. really inappropriate. Address it later in the season, in the series, right. and not basically have Santana say the exact same thing. Right. Um, three seasons later. Yeah. Um, well, I know in the show, for example, in the show, How to Get Away with Murder, I don't know if either of you watched that. Um, mm-hmm. The very first season, they said something that was pretty biphobic, or they had a character say something. and But later on in the series, they said some positive things about bisexuality, so that was... So I felt that the writers learned from their mistake and they, they took steps to correct that. Yeah. So that's absolutely. something that Lee could have done is that they had the characters, you know, just say something, say something positive about by pride or something, you know? Right. Or just let Brittany be bisexual and let it not be that big of a deal. But I feel like it was, I don't know. I mean, she basically was, they just never yeah. said it. Right. That's true. Okay. Um, well, moving on. So our next point, um, so the how the, the we kind of touched on this a little bit when we were talking about bisexuality, but how the show changed as it went along. Um, you know, when the show first started, Kurt was the only gay character. And then when we ended, we have we had several. We had a, across the board and it had normalized it and normalized the stories by the end of the show. So um, do you guys want to talk a little bit about that? It's, yeah, it's even more interesting. We talked a little bit about similar um, on the the Kurt's arc overall podcast mm-hmm. uh, that Kurt was um, that it started out. The show didn't have a gay character to start with, and oh. it was Chris Palfer that created that. That well, they created it because of him, and they decided to make this character. Right. And it's so funny. Like we talk about, like you were saying, we talk about it all the time. How when the show started, there was the big gay show had no gay characters and then, (laughs) 
you know, and then it, and then it got one and then it had a couple more and then a couple more. And then there were these stories everywhere. And, you know, and like I said, it, it really was normal. It was just part of the show. And, you know, I think maybe, I don't want to say this in, I don't know how to say this in any other way than this, but I don't exactly mean it like this. I think it, um, it kind of, uh, how do I want to say this? I don't, I don't want to say it hurt the show because it didn't by any means, but it did cast this, you know, um, reputation for being this big gay show, which we all loved, but it kind of pulled it out of um, the mainstream, uh, mainstream as it went on. Do you guys think that's true or do you disagree with me? I'm not sure. Oh yeah. Go ahead, Kelly. No, I'm not. I'm just thinking about it. I'm not sure. It's a good point. Because I remember after, you know, Queen got together, Kurt and Blaine, I remember they lost a huge amount of ratings after season three. Now, that's a whole other conversation because they definitely had the, well, they call it the sophomore slump, but really it was their junior year, whatever, where they like were at this height. And then they had this really not great season where they lost a bunch of people and they never really recovered from it. Now the, the core audience stayed and they kept watching, but they never really gained any more. So do you think that that has something to do with it? Or do you think maybe it was just how the show was intended to go? I, I don't know. I, uh, for me and you know, but this is my perspective, like where I saw people in my sphere in my like non-blee fandom sphere losing interest was that it started to be more about teenagers I mean it was sort of about teenagers at the beginning but it was that it was more or more focused on like the music Mm -hmm. people weren't familiar with my sister like my sister loved Glee, but really didn't like Blaine. And so mm-hmm. she's fine with the gay kisses, but she was not okay with that relationship. And she's right. like, oh, well, Kurt's my favorite character, and I don't like that. So is your sister disowned now? <laughs> what? Is she what? Is she, is she disowned? Is she still part of the family? <laughs> oh, no, she's still part of the family. Okay. Uh, you know, really hilarious. Apparently, she was a she, she was a Kurt and Dave shipper. I mean, not like, because she was, a, I was like, oh my God. But anyway, <laughs> I found that out. But um, yeah, and my mom was just like, yeah, I don't, because my mom's the one who actually introduced me to the music and she's like a baby boomer. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, I don't know. Like, I just didn't get the plot lines any. It was getting complicated and the mm-hmm. music, I didn't get the music anymore. So, you know, it just kind of faded out. And it wasn't like she, I don't think she was offended by anything in it. It was just, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what my feel mom was. Like it was the same show that it had been when it started. Right. But I, there were probably people who were offended by it too. I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't necessarily mean offended. I, maybe I didn't explain myself very well. It was more like, you know, because I remember in my life and I live in a very weird part of the country where like where I'm from is very conservative, but I'm very close to a very liberal part of the country. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I remember people were like, I, when I would say, you know, oh, I love Glee, they'd be like, oh, that show's so gay. And I'm like, well, yeah, it is. <laughs> But that's not the only well, were they saying it. that before it was super gay? I don't know. So okay. like, but I, so I always kind of wondered and I wanted to kind of put it out because I think that this is the podcast. Do you, 
what are your guys' opinions about that? Because I don't think necessarily it's true. I don't think that the gay being being what it was and becoming quote unquote the big gay show is what the why it started to fall into. I yeah. just think that it's a factor. Uh, I mean, I think that was that could have been a factor for a lot of pe- a lot of viewers. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my experience, most viewers that lost interest, um, they did after like like my mom. She she wasn't offended by anything. She was just not interested in. Mm-hmm. After they moved to after season three, when she thinks they all should have just ended the show after they graduated, right? She wasn't interested in the new, the new characters. She didn't. It it changed too much mm-hmm. for her, and I'm sure a lot of viewers. And they, a lot of people just lost interest. It wasn't new and shiny anymore. Right. Different show. And that's, I definitely agree with that. I just, that's what I'm like, I just wanted to kind of bring it up and see what you guys thought. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, tying into that as well, um, it was, was considered progressive for its time. Do you think it's held oh. up? Uh, sorry, I just wanted to add to that previous question. I yeah, just feel like Kurt being gay was like a major plot point or whatever. It was a source of conflict a lot in the first season, and then it stopped being a source of conflict. And that, to me, was like a very positive mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. Like, even though the first season seemed super progressive at the time, now it does not look as progressive. And it's right. also, or even the beginning of season two, like his dad having a heart attack. That was one of the other reasons my sister started losing interest. She's like, they keep having all the bad stuff happen to the gay kid. <laughs> so I know I more of a Kurt fan than I am. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And so that, so I just wanted to touch on that, that, that in terms of being gay, being a source of conflict or all the bad stuff always happening to the gay kid, that's even to lessen as the series went on. Well, does so, the sister know that Kurt ended up okay? Oh, yeah. But okay, she, good. She was over it because she also didn't want to have to look at Mr. Shoe ever again. <laughs> well, so. I can understand that. I can agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was watch, trying to decide what to watch on Netflix the other night. It's totally a, an aside. but And, like, it came up on Glee. And, like, you know how Netflix will have, like, the little preview? So it was a sit down, you're rocking the boat scene. And I'm like, ugh, oh, yeah. Mr. Shoe. <laughs> but anyway so yeah so the question oh no basically what you were saying like you know glee was considered progressive for its time do you guys think it's held up it's so weird that it was 10 years ago it started right yeah i know 10 years ago i mean in in it started technically it started in may but like we're coming up on whenever the the season started yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, but it definitely. Oh, was, I'm gonna go cry now. It was a different <laughs> time. It was the beginning of the Obama era, and so I mean, that was basically the show was like a big part of it. Was it was an Obama era show? Yeah. It was very. It was about progress. I mean, before he we went into the dark times, the, the darkest <laughs> timeline. It was. Um, it was. You know, it was definitely. It has moved forward, and um, like I said. Um, in the intro, in my intro, where he, it's, um, comparing it to shows where, when I was growing up, I mean, there was nothing. There was, like, you had, like, you had, like, two straight women kissing for ratings or, you know, someone dying of AIDS, which is, it's an important story, but it's, that's the only, that was the only stories. Right. Yeah, when I was, 
Yeah, when I was a teenager, so we had I lived in the D.C. area, and there's a Washington Blade, which is the gay paper, and in the big on in their art section, they'd always had this little column of like queer stuff in television, uh-huh. and it was one column in the paper, and they would cover every time you might possibly see a gay character or or a trans character or any kind of representation, and it would be like five or six shows to to watch that week. And they would include the ones that were two straight girls kissing or whatever. Yeah, right. You know? And now I'm like, I I thought of that every once in a while, like, wow, that, like... (laughs) That's amazing. Take up half the paper now, you know? Right. Um... It's so funny oh. that you said that, um, Kelly, because I literally had in my notes that, you know, Obama was elected the same time that Glee started. And so I always think about Glee being in an Obama era show, mm-hmm. you know, and it how it grew with that time period and how much, you know, progression we got in that time period and how I really think that Glee was a part of that, you know, in a small way, but in a way, nonetheless, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it normalized a lot of things. And brought them to the, you know, brought them to the the front. Um, Something I did want to ask you guys, and I may have Pam cut this out depending on how it goes. But so something I've always wanted to ask you, um, when you see two straight women kissing, do you consider that a queer moment? Uh, It's a pet. I guess it depends on the context, maybe. Yeah. They could be if they're at a gay bar, maybe. Right. Um, it depends. Are they not? Are they not actually that straight? Yeah. I, it really depends on the. Yeah. Or they right. might not be straight. Are they straight yeah. identified and then they real and they're but they're not. Oh wait, actually maybe I'm. Yeah, like for instance, right. I'm you know Quinn sleeping with Santana. I'm not sure that Quinn's a hundred. I mean, I don't think Quinn's a hundred percent straight either. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, you know, because when we were younger, we were talking about how two straight women kissing was like we would hold on to that and glob onto it. But now I would be like, that's not a queer thing. Like that's two straight women experimenting in for a straight man's fantasy. And I just don't like it's 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 different. It's different then than it is now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think there are those moments, maybe it's more in books or I'm trying to think, I mean, it's been so long, but I do feel like there's times I've seen it. Oh, well, we're, we're straight people who we're going to kiss for, to show our support, like in a kiss Mm -hmm. or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Like I remember, um, this, the the episode of Will and Grace where Will and Jack kiss on TV and like, it was such a huge thing and now and it still is a huge thing. I'm not I'm not taking away from that because they're two queer characters that are kissing. Right. But also now it's like but they're not in a relationship. They don't have any kind of in tie to each other. They're just doing it and it's fine. It's great. I don't want to take away from it, but it I'd also there's a part of me that doesn't want to count it as a queer moment. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Counted. Right. Because they're not in love. Right. Someone made a gift set based on that episode. Um, Because I remember early in the Will and Grace episode, they were it was because they were watching a show on NBC where two men were supposed to kiss, and they were all excited about it, and then it cuts away at the last moment. So somebody right. edited that for the, the, the first Clane kiss, and then the cutaway part is the red piano. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on. Yes. Dun, dun. And then they all started. Yes. Like, like, wow, oh my God. Right. It's a funny gift set. But yeah, yeah, yeah no, I don't remember that. 
how much progress there is that we yeah. actually see the kids now. Right. And, you know, like I was saying, and I don't want to repeat myself, but like back then that was a huge moment. And today I would just be like, Meh. like, it's great. It's awesome. Cool. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think of it as a huge step forward either. Mm-hmm. If it were to happen now is what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, yes. It, yeah. It'd be like, oh, okay. Now, I mean, you know, we have, we've had, we've had Katy Perry. So. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Um, let's see. So I do want to kind of move on a little bit. Um, but I do I did promise Sam that I would say something before we get for any further. Um, what was the show's obsession with talking about scissoring? I mean, come oh on. Oh my god. What was going on there? Yeah, and I saw I even actually looked up like who all of the different times that they mentioned it. It was all the episodes were written by men. Right. Um, and the episodes that were written by Ali Adler, um, the only lesbian or, or even one of the few women in the writer's room, mm-hmm. um, the episodes written by her um, were actually, they they were more, I don't, they were less, like, they had less, like, jokey comments. It was more mm-hmm. of, like, she got more in-depth with the relationship. Um, yeah, something about, I don't know what it is with the, you could, you could see sh- that it was influenced by some straight dude writing. Correct. And, you know, I'm just going to be the first one to say it's not a thing. I I mean, maybe it is to some people, but it's not as common as people think it is in women-on-women relationships. Okay, there's a lot of different Okay, and this is is me. This is, like, how either how old I am or how out of touch I am with slang or whatever. I still haven't figured out what it's supposed to mean. I'm like, well, I guess I probably get it, but, like, and not to get too, I won't get graphic, but, like, there's a lot of different things that I think it could be. And then on Orange is the New Black, I saw these people trying what they thought was scissoring, and I'm like, is that what scissoring is supposed to be? (laughs) (laughs) All I can think of is a lot of different things that, I mean, I'm not going to, without getting too graphic, there's there's a, a lot of different things that two women can do together. Correct. But I just don't like it when when it's some dude talking about it that right. it's, it feels weird. It feels fetishy. Yes, it feels very fetishy. Very, very fetishy. Um, and I have to tell you, without getting too graphic, that every time anybody ever says the word scissoring, all I can think of in my head is that, I, I don't know if you guys ever watched South Park, but there's this episode where two they're cartoon characters and they are scissoring and I'm just like I feel like that's what's in every straight man's brain and that's not <laughs> how it works. <laughs> I have not seen that episode of South Park. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so I promised Pam. There we go. I said it. It's it, okay. Whatever. Um, straight men are crazy. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so moving on, I do want to bring up, um, the trans characters, um, and rights and how the show handled that. Um, I also don't feel like I'm the best person to talk about this. I am, I consider myself a trans ally, but I don't have a whole lot of knowledge beyond, you know, using proper pronouns and not using dead names and that kind of thing. And I don't know so I yeah, and I feel like I'm totally like so I get I I'm like gender fluid or gender queer and I'm trans in that sense, but I'm totally not binary. And so mm-hmm. specific stories they told, like I mean from my experience, I can't um 
feel I, like there's parts of my experience that were represented there, but there are parts that weren't. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and then I was like, you know, if, if, um, Glee had kept going, they wouldn't have, I can't remember. Okay. So unique. Let's talk about mm-hmm. unique. And I'm sorry, I forget the name of the actor. Alex, uh, Alex Newell. Yeah. Okay. Alex, yeah. So, so I, so I've read the interviews with him where he's like, well, I'm not, I don't want to be a woman, but I like to, you know, but I definitely had this feminine, you know, feminine aspect or whatever. And like the stuff he talks about, like I would consider like gender fluid or gender queer, he's queering gender mm-hmm. or whatever. And I think that's the, that he prefers the pronoun he, from what mm-hmm. I understand. So sorry, uh, yes. I don't that wrong, but like, and so I'm like, oh, well, that would have been really interesting, you know, but like, so when the writers see it, it is like, oh, well, that's, that's somebody who presents as female. So we're going to make that care. And so right. he would be really good at playing a, playing a binary trans character, but like, and, and, and that's what you have to do. Cause that's the first, you know, that's the thing you think of it. It's like, oh, well now maybe we're at the point where he could have played somebody who was like gender queer or gender fluid and not. Right somebody who identified as female, you know, I mean, that's basically my. Yeah. They had more people, especially if they had more, more people in the more trans people or non-binary people in the writer's room too. That makes a big difference. Like show, for example, the show pose, I don't know if any of you watched that. Um, they have, that's gotten a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of praise for its um, trans representation. They have several, um, they had, when I when that first started, I was worried because it was two um, cis white men, Ryan and Brad. Um, uh-huh. But then they they brought on uh, brought they brought on board a lot of um, all the lead actors are trans women playing uh-huh. trans characters. Um, mm-hmm. They have several trans people, um, black and Latina trans people in the writers' room and directing. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not even just the the characters; it's the it's the whole it's the whole series too. It's the whole you got to have more people. Not just cis white men in the in the writers' room, right? Right. Yeah. Because I remember, um, I can't remember who said this. So if it was you, listeners, you know, come into my inbox and be like, "Hey, that was me," and I'll I'll shout you out on the on the reblog. But I remember I read this post back um, when Blair was airing, and it was like, you know, Ryan uh, Murphy he doesn't know what to do. This was back in the Glee times. He doesn't know what to do with a character who doesn't identify as either trans or, or, um, this, what's the word I'm looking Sis. Yes. He like, because Alex kind of was in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. And I think Alex, um, I, if I remember correctly, he did want to portray unique as a trans person. So that's fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but you know, it's like Alex is not, he's not either. He's very gender fluid and he likes to wear women's clothing and he like, he dates who he wants to date. And it's, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, but then we get into how Ryan doesn't know how to deal with that. So he has to put, he has to put unique in one of the two boxes mm-hmm. and so he puts her in the trans box. And then you come to beast and there, there again, you know, he wants to put her in, uh, put her in one or the two boxes and he doesn't know how to just let beast be Shannon be a more masculine woman. And right. so he has to put her in a, the trans box and it becomes he, and that's, and you know what I mean? Like, and so I'm so happy that like pose is a thing now that is, 
different and it it very progressive and it just seems it just shows how much Ryan has grown from that time I think yes yeah well and I guess what was the what was the um the reason or whatever was it just to have a plot or like or to have somebody like to to kind of carry out the unique plot in a different direction or whatever with beast with beast like coming out I of trans I don't know. I have no idea what I'm the not sure they did that was for Beast because I don't think it was necessary, and I also don't think it was handled all that great either. Yeah. Well, and it was just in terms of like uh, demo uh, well, statistics or whatever. Most most trans men don't like look as masculine as that is the you know that actress who plays beast like from the start so it's just like it just didn't seem very representative of a lot of no it felt very experiences or yeah like it it, i I like wish they had oh sorry go ahead oh no no it's like because like i definitely feel like more mass like like inside i'm like oh yeah i like feel more masculine but like i don't think people look at me and think oh yeah there's like a a doodly dude (laughs) and so it's yeah it's like this that was the thing for me. Like, I was like, whatever, it's not my experience. You know, maybe there are people who have that experience and that's fine. But like, it was just like totally not mine where I, I guess that was the thing. It's like, well, people already look at her and think she, she's a guy. And then, you know, it, so to me, it wasn't like about the inner experience as much or. Right. right. I don't know if I'm, I feel like I'm not saying this right, but. Um, no, I think you, I think you are actually. And it's, okay. it comes down to, um, I feel like they, I, I feel like the character worked better as a masculine woman. Like, why couldn't she just be a woman who is different from the traditional idea of a woman? He had to, Ryan, he had to put her into a box because she was masculine. And then, then she was he. And I'm sorry if I'm not saying the right pronouns. I do apologize about that. But it's like, I just don't, I wish they would have just brought on a whole other character. If they, if that was the plot and they wanted to go to. Or it could be Tina or it could be Quinn or, you know, I guess that's, that's to me, like would have been a more interesting Mm -hmm. or more like to me, it would have been a more relatable story. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's people who can relate to the beast story. I don't know. Another thing I noticed in um, season six, rewatching season six is like right after the episode, right after transitioning, they make the the joke about with Biggins in a dress and, Mm -hmm. you know, which is generally considered transphobic and problematic. Um, So, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) So, I mean, at that time, I'm not sure how much they, they were not really, they they got better, but they were not really progressive, (laughs) that progressive. I also don't like, they gave the catfishing story to unique of all people. Oh yeah. That's yeah. such a stereotype that predatory trans woman, mm-hmm. you know, leading on straight men and fooling them. That's, and that they get, they had to, they, they could have just given that to any character, but they had to give it to unique, which I, I just wish they hadn't done that. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, for me, I feel like I feel like Glee, and this is where I'm going to kind of get a little bit quote-unquote preachy, I feel like they <laughs> kept trying to reinvent the wheel, or they kept trying to get lightning to strike twice. 
Like they had this huge, they had huge success when they started and they had this huge, um, this leap of progression with Kurt and they're like, okay, well we have to do something that's like that so we can get that again. So then they Uh, brought on these other characters and it just didn't work again. It just, it just didn't work. And not because they weren't great stories, but because they weren't handled all the way or they were at a time whenever the core of Glee's audience just wanted you to, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this other than I just know. And it's true. Like part of the, I think part of that's true and why to me sometimes it started feeling after school specially, mm-hmm. um, which uh, when was the last time they had after school specials for any of you kids who don't know what after school specials <laughs> is? I know, like, right? That must be our, that might be our generation. Yeah. But, so it's like this back when there were only like, you know, most people didn't have cable and it would be in the afternoon. It would be a, a hour or two hour, I think usually like movie, like four yeah. teenagers about some special subject like sexual assault or um, ableism, right, or alcoholism or whatever, and there'd be some lesson in it. And actually, some of them were really good, and some of them weren't. Um, but, you know, there was always some element of you're going to learn and grow as, a, grow as a person by watching this. And right. sometimes that's what it felt, whereas, like, with the Kurt story, that was, like, I mean, at least from interview, whatever I've read, um, that that was re- really grew out of. Um, oh my god, <laughs> I'm forgetting his name. You just said Ryan Murphy's experience. Yeah, yeah, uh, out of Chris Culver and out of Ryan Murphy's experience, and that's oh, why yeah. it was a compelling story because right. it was something that the writers and what you know that was like that they understood or whatever. You know, it was a story that they had to tell. And um, and later, I think maybe they were trying to tell stories that that they didn't that didn't resonate with them as much, and they weren't getting the people on board who could tell those stories really well. Yeah, right. I agree. But that they came off as preachy or empty or missing something I, or offensive. <laughs> I agree. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I agree. I definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, moving on a little bit. Um, this is something that I want, definitely wanted to talk about. Uh, are there topics that you think that Glee should have or could have ta- tackled? Um, things they did right or things that were handled a little better? I know we were just talking about the trans issues and not issues, the trans storylines and things like that. But were there any others that um, you guys were thinking about? Well, yeah, I mean, just like the gender fluidity thing, but um, I know that the fandom would have loved more polyamory, but that's not a specific thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, some people in the fandom. Right. I also want to, um, back to the bisexuality topic, I, I want to give a shout out to Becky, because um, I think I think we might have a, I think Becky has shown um, signs of being bisexual. I mean, that sounds so clinical. Like, she has so many signs yeah. of bisexuality. <laughs> but there's a couple times. They were both in deleted scenes or AUs, but I'm, I'm going to count them. Like, um, I Kissed a Girl, the deleted scene where Santana comes out to the Cheerios. Becky raises her hand and goes, well, I made out with a girl. And Brittany goes, well, it was before we met. And then in, um, then in PUC, the one everyone hates, um, she was kind of vulgar towards 
Sam and Tina. She's like, I want to lick those Asian tonsils. (laughs) She has shown some attraction to women, and you don't see that with disabled characters. So I'm going to count that as Becky's bisexuality. I think that's fair. I mean, she's she's pretty open about what, you know, what she likes and doesn't like. Yeah. I think... I could see that for sure. I, so that was that was deleted that I made out with Britney thing. Yeah, that was from the one. The right. scene, I must have seen it somewhere else. On or oh yeah, it was it was on YouTube. Um, it, it might oh, still okay. Be. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad they didn't put that in there. Yeah. Anyway, that was a good scene too. It was. It was. Um, I remember when Ryan was releasing all of those scenes, and I was just like, "Why did we get these?" Well, that one's the only one in that episode. Were there any bisexual men in that show? Well, you could make an argument. A lot of people make the argument for Artie, maybe. Artie, yeah. Oh, yeah, but that was always so very, very, very subtle, I think. I mean, did he ever say anything? Yeah, he said a couple of things. He always was given blame the, the moony eyes, but did he ever, like, He's made a comment once, I think when Sam was doing something, he's like, just got some tingling where it's only 50-50 for tingling. Okay. And um, he's made other comments. Artie is such a complicated character yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm but, that was Kevin, too. Yes. We know what we know about Kevin. Like, maybe he was putting yeah. himself into the character. Yes. I could definitely see that. Oh. It's so hard because I love Kevin so much, and I just most of the time want to just put yeah, him Artie. Artie. <laughs> just put him away <laughs> and not have to deal with him anymore. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my go- well, um, well, I guess yeah. I wish they had had that more explicitly in the show. Yeah, you yeah. feel like, um, like bisexuality and men just does not get it doesn't. as much representation. As it could, you know, and then if it's like, oh, if he's bisexual, is he bi-romantic too? Or is he, you know, or whatever. You right. Know? I mean, not like they have to go into all the details, but it would have been more uh, interesting. And it's I interesting had a fantasy that, too, that Sam... Both... Sorry? Well, I always had a fantasy. My, my personal fantasy is that Sam is bi and was dating, and he and Blaine dated as a mid-game. But that that's just my <laughs> personal fantasy, so... <laughs> Yeah, well, um, yeah, and I guess both the trans characters were, what do you, what, what do you call monosexual or whatever, too, Mm -hmm. so that, yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, this is for the next show or for the future, what I would like to see in media, more bisexual men, more like, you know, sexually fluid or like bisexual or whatever, trans people, more, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess I just want to see more of me. <laughs> right. You know, I know I completely agree. Well, that kind of ties into my um, my last question. If um, if Glee were to re-air today, and what would you guys want to see as opposed to what we saw in 2009? Well, keep Kurt. Yeah, I was like, keep all of Kurt. Do not get rid of Kurt. No, of course not. So I don't think Chris would could ever be would do the show at this point, but <laughs> well, I kind of mean like instead of 2009. So okay. say it didn't happen in 2009, but it does happen now, and we've had 
all the progression from from 2009 to now, and Glee's airing with the exact same cast, and they're the same age. We'll play a little bit. Yeah. What would you want to see, and what differences would you make? What changes would you make? Well, more um, more women, women characters that are more mm-hmm. um, more lesbian and bi women that are where it's not where it's not a joke or not in like a a fetishizing way where it's mm-hmm. it's taken more seriously, I guess. Yes, not, and not like the stereotypical, and like have them not, and not just like the skinny stereotypical, you know, these skinny young women that men fantasize about. Just like, you know, not just like different types of people, I guess. Right. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I would kind of like. Agreed. I would want more, more variation. You know, there's, and I definitely, I love the word variation, but I definitely think that it was a sign of the times and they had, they did, they did so much with where they were. And I definitely agree with that. So like taking that out of it and giving them all the progression now, I would want to see you know, a little bit more. I would want to see the two gay characters given a little bit more than what they were given. And they were given a lot. I'm not saying they, they weren't. I would want to see more women in general um, as part of the whole show, you know, hashtag Lee hates girls. <laughs> and, you know, and just give them more opportunities. Like, I really think there was a missed opportunity with Tina, too. I think that she had a lot of um, a lot of um, room to kind of blossom into something different, and she just kind of got stuck in this this box. And I think that she could have been really interesting mm-hmm. to go forward with her. Mike as well. I think Mike was a little bit. Well, they really should have. I I would have loved to see more with Mike in general. But you know, like just more. I just would want more yeah. more women and more different types of women. Yeah. All right. That. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about that I didn't that I didn't touch on? Did we actually hit all of our questions? I did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because last time because we recorded last week on another one and we were there for like more than three hours. Oh my gosh. I feel like we just zipped right through this. But was there other things you guys wanted to talk about? I didn't rush you guys today. No, no, no. I, but I guess I would just say, like, in terms of what I would want. I mean, I don't want all those representations. I want the genderqueer people, and I want the like the binary trans people, and I want the. But like, I, I wouldn't necessarily uh, like, but maybe not as plot points. You know, right? Like they're just yeah. there, and and mm-hmm. I think in a lot of places, and I think more now, and it depends where you are in the country and stuff. But in some high school and some kids that I talk to now, yeah, that's just there. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe that's more the experience of like the the cis straight kids who I talk to. You know, mm-hmm. obviously they're not struggling with it, and then they're, but they're like, oh yeah, that's just how that person is, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so that if Artie's bisexual, like it can be said, but it doesn't have to be a plot point. You know, right. or like maybe he does date some guy, but it's not. You know, and of course, though I do love that actor, so yeah, I'd love to see more of him. But you know. Um, you know, or yeah, I, just all all the stuff without it necessarily being, and definitely more. Um, I guess I I don't know. Was it all, everybody, or was it just especially the women? I think I felt that like 
maybe amongst the 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 like female at birth people like just like all seems to be very like female presenting except for beast and i think you know just more like different kinds of gender presentations and stuff mm-hmm. no matter like how people were identifying i guess i you yeah know, that's would be nice and what I want to see more in orange is the new oh that that's where I go in orange is the new black is where I see it but it would have been nice to see it on a more on something with music in it too right <laughs> definitely yeah. all right well I feel like I just I feel bad I feel like we just zipped through yeah. everything and um yeah I mean we could talk about all the controversies that came up Oh yeah, we definitely could. Well, we can definitely um, we can definitely talk about some of the controversies that came up. It wasn't on the list, but definitely not necessarily fandom controversies, but just controversies in general. Well, I guess those are the only. I know that the one I have written down here is during the. I know that after duets, this wasn't in the fandom, but it was after the duets episode. The first time they mentioned scissoring. Um, there was some, that's some family values group what blew up about it and was like, so was horribly offended by us. That was, <laughs> <so> they, <laughs> right. was definitely, even though they, they barely showed anything, they just mentioned it. They didn't, um, they made it sound like it, I mean, it was definitely still, it was controversial for its time. Right. Is that the one where Santana and Brittany have the conversation in Santana's bedroom? Is that Yes. Yeah, I, I okay. thought they kissed in that episode, but I went back no. and I did lizard? Was that the one where she's like, I'm a lizard? I just. Yeah, I that, that might have been for was a Judy. No, the yeah. lizard one is in season one. Uh, oh, that's okay. when, but it, they're in Santana's or Brittany's bedroom. I don't remember. But the one I'm thinking yeah. of, they're like, they're dressed in plain clothes and Santana's pulling Brittany's hair up, which I always thought was really. It's a very. Um, as much as I don't ship Brittany, I always really love that moment. It's a very. Intimate. True to me, kind of. It, it, yeah, it's a very intimate moment for two women. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there was this picture that went around a couple of years ago, um, where a woman, a girl, was on a, a football team in high school, and her girlfriend was the cheerleader, and they took a picture of the girlfriend pulling up the the football player's hair before she started the game. And I always thought that was so sweet, and it's just very. Just a very simple moment between two women that probably happens. Well, it does happen a lot, and you don't even really think about it. And so, like though that moment between Santana and Brittany, as much as I did not ship Brittany, I always really loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, the big controversy that I always that I always go back to because I wasn't in fandom at the time. I was I watched okay. Glee, but I did, wasn't in fandom. It was after the after Kurt and Blaine first kissed. And that woman who used to be a who was a child star went on uh, the news with a Bible in her hand. Oh yeah, she, like, <laughs> she went off. And I yes, remember, that I remember the one from Facts of Life. Yes, yeah, Victoria Jackson from SNL. Oh, I Victoria Jackson. Oh okay. Yeah. I was renting from a woman who, at the time where I was living, I was renting from a very religious older woman, and she was. And she was horrified by that kiss. She was like, oh, that poor woman was treated so horribly by these gays and so persecuted. And then I was just like, in, I didn't say anything because I needed a place to live. But I was just right. It's like, <laughs> um, right. yeah, she was she was disgusted by that. Just and I remember Lonnie Love came out and was like, I'd rather watch them kiss for two hours than listen to 20 minutes of her stand up. And I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and then they um the, oh and they also said there was another there was 
there was, I think it was the same episode. Yeah, because it was Kathy Griffin as the, um, she was like a Sarah Palin. Re- remember Christina mm-hmm. from Delaware? Uh-huh. For senator. No, she, yeah, she ran for senator in Delaware in 2010. The I'm not a witch. Uh-huh. And then that's, and then they had Kathy, Kathy Griffin come on and play a character like her. And then a lot of conservatives pride persecution over that. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting, like, you know, that some, oh, somebody else exists and that somehow persecutes me. Oh, yeah. Right. I've noticed it's very with my... people in that culture. I'm not saying, I mean, there are obviously a lot of cool religious people that yeah. have progressive views and still have faith. I mean, that's, but there's, there is a segment of that population, the more conservative segment that is very big on the persecution thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I'm just like, I just remember within fandom, there being so many controversies and like really heated, like attacks Mm -hmm. on the creators of Glee over gay. uh, I think it was mostly over gay issues or like L L G issues. I don't know. Um, I remember this and then it being a huge thing and me avoiding Tumblr for periods of time because of it and there being fundraisers and all this kinds of things and me just being like, am I too old or I me not quite getting it, but it just being huge and, and me and just kind of taking over fandom. But now I can't remember what the specific things were. I mean, I do remember there was some, some project where, Kisses between all couples got counted and compared for mm-hmm. depending on like the gender makeup or whatever. I, I feel like that was such was a. I feel like that was such a product of season three, though. It was yeah. so. It was so. Everything was so heightened in that time period. It was like because we just weren't getting anything. We had nothing to work with. We had yeah. like certain episodes that. You know, it just was really hard. And if you were a, if you were a big fan of Blaine, you just—I mean, he was quiet. You just didn't yeah. get anything that that whole season. And then Clayne was Kirk got a little bit, but Clayne just didn't really get much of all. Yeah, at, the at box all. scene was a big. It was the box, the box scene, yeah. And I actually think, you know, how do I want to say this in a way that is not going to piss people off? I think that the roots of it were good, but I think it went too far. Yeah. Yeah, and it just seemed like they kind of lost interest after the show ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it didn't it did go on and, and it created itself into something else. Um, which I don't know what it created it into itself into, so I, I can't say, but mm-hmm. um yeah and Oh that's right, the fandom for equality or something. Something like that. Okay, okay. Yeah. So okay. Go on. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. So there was an actual group. There was that. Oh, that's what that whole boxing fundraiser thing came out of, isn't it? So, you know, when as we talk about, you know, the the um, the way that that kind of fandom did bring that in. What about um, kind of like the way fandom was fetishizing gay characters and. You know, there's something to be said there for a lot of things. I mean, inside of the content on the confines of fandom, how does that make you guys feel? Well, I mean, I didn't, I mean, my area, I mean, our little section of fandom is my mutuals on Tumblr are a little more, I don't feel that I don't feel our fetishizing. Mm -hmm. Some of like the other fans, there are fans that many of whom, most of whom have left fandom that are, that kind of like 
they ship any two men that if two men exist together in a room, they mm-hmm. ship them. They're like, I love right. my gay ships. I love sitting with my gay ships, that kind of thing. But right. I my, I mean, from the people I hang out in fandom don't really do that. This is more think, of like, Yeah. And I, and to me, that question is really hard because I write a lot of very sexual, <laughs> uh, I mean, I write totally like Gen PG, G rated fan fiction too, but I write like, explicit stuff Mm -hmm. and um and i know that i and and that's the you know some people have problems with that if you weren't born with a penis writing about two people with penises having sex with each other why are you doing that why are you a pervert why are you fetishizing um but i don't think that being interested in in a relate being invested in a relationship that doesn't that's different from one you could be in, I don't think mm-hmm. it's necessarily fetishizing no, if not. we're talking about like objectification. No. No, um, I, but I think and I think for a lot of people who you could be like, oh well they're just fetishizing because they only and I'm not saying this is what you were saying, Kelly, but like, you know, um but I have heard this, oh well if you're only interested in in gay ships, then that means that um, and, and you're not a gay man, then then that means you're fetishizing gay men. And I don't, and I think it's a lot more complicated than that. I mean, I think for some, I know for me, like, I mean, I, I just remember personally, um, not to make it all about me, but personally, yeah. um, as a, as a young, very, very closeted lesbian, I, the first ships that not, they weren't even called ships then they were just, I, I always, I was always interested in stories about two men just because mm-hmm. and it was a way for me to like, look at, to like to read about stories about two people of the same gender, but it wasn't too personal. It didn't hit too close to home. So yeah, exactly. That might, it might be, you know, some closeted young teen exploring themselves and, you know, exploring, you know, their, you know, who they are as a, as a person, their identity. I mean, so part, also, part of that too. It also comes down to, I remember I did a little bit of, I studied this a little bit in college just because it was um, something that I thought about a lot. And I remember, um, do you guys remember the movie, The Kids Are All Right with Annette Bening and... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forget uh, her name. Julianne anyway, Moore? Julianne Moore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's, they're, they're a couple and they're, there's, there's a scene where they're having sex and they're watching two, they're watching gay porn with two men. I thought that was so, because as a very closeted person at the time, I thought that was so odd. And then I like looked into it in a little bit and it's like, because it's gay, it's like, it's, it's homoerotic Two women. So often in media it's very straight oriented. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, there's also a, um, there's something to be said for, you know, um, Especially, you know, fandom is very, it's dominated by women. This is true. We, something, something that we can, there's, there's our men. There's no, I'm not saying there's none. There's also people who don't identify as either, but there are also a lot of straight women and women who identify as some kind of uh, on the queer spectrum. And when you're looking for some kind of, you know, something to look in, something to see yourself in, you can't see yourself in two straight women having sex with each other because it's going to get a straight man off. You can't see yourself in there, but yeah. you can with two men. So, because it is 
it's gay. It's, for lack of a better term, homoerotic. Yeah. So, and, you know, and that's fine. That's good. And it's, it's what, you know, right on, more power to you. So, like, but I think there is a line, and I don't know where it is. I don't know where the line think, is where you border yeah. onto fetishization. I mean, I think the line would be like, um, I don't know, like say, I don't know. I've, I mean, I haven't seen this in, in real life, but like I've heard stories of straight people, you know, straight girls in, in gay bars that, I mean, and they can be there. That's fine. Yeah. But, but they're like you know, asking guys like, oh, guys, oh, yeah, kiss, kiss, kiss. Or like, they're like, right. they're so excited. Like, oh, my God, I want you to be my GBF. You know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. That's what to me would be offensive. Yes, or when? you know, um, straight bachelorette parties that are always going down to the gay bars because it happens a lot. And I'm just kind of like, mm, I don't understand this. I don't, I don't love it. But at the same time, I'm also a woman who knows that they feel safe there. So it's like this. I don't know how to. I don't know where to put my emotion. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a very complicated feeling for me because I've also been a woman in a straight bar who felt afraid. So I want women who are straight to feel comfortable in other spaces too. So, and this is getting way, way beyond the the scope of the conversation that we had, but I, I do think that there is a line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just don't be like Rachel, like, Oh my God, my best gay. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think within fandom, I think the, the places I don't know it's fetishization. I think the places where I would feel tension or like be like, eh, this doesn't feel right to me. It wasn't so much. Um, and actually this has happened in the, in the quote unquote, like the, the, what the quote unquote professional or whatever gay romance world there within fandom. It's like, okay, it's, I, I don't care who you ship. Right. I mean, and, and I'm not going to look into the psychological reasons for it, whatever turns you on or whatever, like you it emotionally resonates with you is fine. But I also don't want you to think that just tapping, just because you ship a gay pairing, that that is, is like some big step towards political progress for gays yes. or whatever. Yeah. Like yes. that, that in itself is like, all you need to do to make gay people in the world or queer people in the world feel welcome is to enjoy them in fiction. But yes. that's not, and I'm not telling people what they should do or what they can do. Cause I don't know, like that depends on, on your situation, but that, that in and of itself is not like, if you, if you stop there, then don't think of your reading of it as advocacy. The reading of it is an advocacy. I don't, I don't think it's bad. I don't, I think it's, 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 uh, it's ethically neutral what you're into, but that it, and that's what it is. It's ethically neutral. It doesn't make you a better person either. Right, and I guess right. that, the, when it, that's when it would feel co- uncomfortable to me as if when people, when sometimes I get the sense that, um, that the cis straight people would, you know, and this is, maybe I'm reading them wrong too, but like just that they felt that that made them a better person. Right. They, yeah. Like, I've seen that. And, and like, that that did make me uncomfortable, but right. you know, I think like most a, people who who are into it do also do other things. So right. yeah, kind of like you know, I can't be homophobic. I have one gay friend. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, so definitely, 
Uh, what was the one thing? Oh, um, there was another thing that I did want to touch on. Um, what, what do you guys think, or what are your opinions on if they had, if they, if the Glee had been able to bring in some kind of asexual character well, or an asexual pl- uh, plot line? Well, they had Emma, basically. I mean, Emma, oh, Emma, Emma didn't want to sleep with John Stamos, so. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not. This is where I might get in a little bit of trouble. I'm not sure. Emma can identify it however she wants. I also think that they were. Emma was also afraid of sex in a lot of ways. So I'm not sure if that. I don't know. Well, I, think, I, I felt like for Emma, they were tying it to her OCD too. Correct. Yeah. So it was. It was like how I, I felt like it was presented as part of a mental illness. Mm-hmm. rather than and I don't think there's anything wrong with having OCD well there is I mean I I have OCD so but I don't you know whatever uh it is a mental illness but I it's different than being but it's uh it doesn't make me a shitty person but it's different right. than being asexual it's a different kind yeah. of thing right yeah then, well, there was also Will's magical healing cock which was that we could have without that <laughs> I feel like we could have well, or was she demisexual or yeah I also, you know, Emma did feel, you know, we get into the specifics of asexuality and what is gray and what is, you know, the gray areas of all of that, because she could have identified as some form of asexual and, and, you know what I mean? And, and, and that's fine. But I also, there's an argument for, did they explore that well enough or did they explain it well enough? Because I agree with you, Albright, that like, they did present it as part of her OCD. Right. So yeah. it almost made it seem like it was part of her mental illness. Whereas asexuality is not a mental illness. Right. So, you know, there's, there's arguments on both sides, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. Were any of the teenagers like not interested in having sex? I mean, Rachel, I mean, but not in asexual well, at first, but. I mean, I mean like, she teenagers, sex, but they don't want to have it. A lot of teenagers don't want to have sex yet. I mean, I, I didn't want to have I was definitely not ready to even think about sex, but I'm, I'm definitely yeah. asexual now. But, I mean, right. so, I mean, it's very common at that age. So, it's hard to tell with teenagers unless they, unless that's how they self-identify. Right. And then a, we could also. It's a personal thing. Right. And you can also make a case for Mercedes. Now, hers was more, I think, religious-based yeah. in yeah. a lot of ways. Um, but I also think that it was a conscious choice that she did not want to be sexually active until she was with the person she was going to spend her whole life with. So, you know what I mean? Like she, it's so funny. I've read, you know, um, things with Amber Riley about how she didn't want to kiss any of those boys. None of them. (laughs) She didn't like doing it. And it's so funny. And I just, I'm like, yeah, you know, get it, do what you want to do. And, you know, and I kind of feel like that showed up in Mercedes a lot. Like she had, she wanted to love those boys, both of them, and she wanted to, but I don't think she was young and she was one of those people that didn't want to have sex in high school. Um, yeah. Well, we also have to be careful with um, characters from various different marginalized groups are often desexualized in media. Yes. And their mm-hmm. sexuality is shown as repressed, like um, black women and fat women, especially are shown yes. as being like sexless and on, you know, in a way like undesirable. So you also have to be careful of that too. 
definitely. Yeah, I mean, but I think for her, it wasn't, it definitely, I mean, the way it was portrayed, it wasn't that she was asexual or even demisexual or whatever. It was just that she didn't want to have sex at that point in her life. I saw her as being abstinent by choice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I would say it was totally not in the show at all. <laughs> I guess is how I, would I don't it. really think it was. No. <laughs> and and I don't know how, I mean, how would you how would you show that though? Right. <laughs> I'm not sure. I well, I guess if somebody is maybe well somebody's asexual but they're not aromantic so they want yeah. you know, they're in a romantic relationship but they don't want to have sex and it's not because I'm waiting or because whatever but I don't like sex. <laughs> it doesn't make me feel good. It would, you know, um, I mean, I'm not an expert on asexuality, but you know, um, but you know, I know there are people who are asexual who do like having romantic or, or physical, not non-sexual relationships, you know, and, and that, I think in that context, it could have, you know, come up. Um, but, but it didn't. So right. I'd like to see that in the in the um, Glee Two Electric Boogaloo series. <laughs> <laughs> He's there, but another eighties reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about that we didn't bring up? Not really. I think we had a good combo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, more, the more we say, the more I'm going to put my foot in my mouth. So. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't think you put your foot in your mouth at all. <laughs> no. no, definitely not. Okay, well, if you guys want to wrap it up, I'll just go ahead and do the outro. It was a fantastic conversation to listen to. Yeah, you're so. I'm glad we did. Yeah, yeah, me too. Thank you guys for then coming and talking about all this. And, and I really appreciate... You know, because I, I I get into this stuff sometimes, but I mean, like, it's I think it is important to hear this subject material from people who are living it in real time and not from me who, you know, whatever, or from, you know, people who are should not be talking about it at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I want to thank you guys for coming out and doing this and having a great conversation. I hope people learn something from it. And um uh, next Sunday, I, again, my schedule has been so crazy. I don't know w- exactly what order I'm airing things in, but keep <laughs> stay tuned as we are winding up the end of TBD. Um, and I hope you guys have a great Sunday. But it's too late, baby, now it's too late. But now they're okay Only me or my You're the apple of my eye Girl, I never loved one like you Found you hiding here So won't you take my hand, darling There's nothing that can stop you From becoming popular Lar And
say